Father, while we're in this time, I pray that you would use this in just an abundant way and you would cause your children, Father, to see how great you are, to see what a wondrous thing the Word of God is. And Lord, use it to convict us to be in it more, to, to gain our knowledge in a deeper way of you, Father, through it. Just, Lord, this time we go through this, Father, I pray that you would bless it. There's so much more, Father, than I'm able to, to preach and teach, Lord, but I'm ask, asking that you would do that to your people, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. So I would encourage you to study it beyond what I'm going to share. Uh, there's a lot to this, the Hebrew language in this. Um, first of all, Psalm 119 is the longest psalm in the book of Psalms. And the longest chapter in the Bible it has 176 verses to it. This will be a, quite a journey. Now, Psalm 119 is an acrostic poem in Hebrew. That is, it is a composition, usually in verse, in which sets of letters, such as the initial or final letters of the lines taken in order, form a word or a phrase or a regular sequence of letters of the alphabet, the Hebrew alphabet. Okay, so there's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and this psalm contains 22 units of eight verses each. And since this is a psalm glorifying God, each of the 22 sections is given a letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and each line in that section begins with the, that letter. The closest parallel to this pattern in Scripture is found in Lamentations chapter 3, which is also divided into 22 sections. So since this is a psalm glorifying God and His Word, it refers to Scripture over and over again. So Psalm 119 is remarkable, really, how it often refers to God's written revelation, His Word. It is referred to in almost every verse. Now you'll see... If you Okay, so here's the 22. Take out that in your bulletin. I put it there so you can see. These are the, this is the Hebrew alphabet. Aleph, Beth, Gimel, Deleth, He, Veu, Zain, Cheth, Teth, Jod, Kaf, Lambeth, Mem, Nun, Semek, An, Pe, Zadi, Kaf, Resh, Shlin, Tau. In each one of those is the Hebrew alphabet, and each, each start of every verse starts with the letter of that Hebrew alphabet, okay? And so, verses 1 through 8 is along their Aleph, or the first letter of their alphabet. Now, I went and you got this broke down, so what you'll see is each section, and what we'll try to do through this is today we'll go through 1 through 8. Next Sunday, Lord willing, 9 through 16, 17 through 24, the following. And the title of each message is right there. I already put it down for you. So you'll notice that's the title of this message. So the first eight verses are the word of God brings happiness to those who obey it. So we're going to look at that word blessed and happy is the person who obeys God. Next week, the word of God provides cleansing for those who take heed. So it's broke down for you. You might want to cut this out or keep that in your Bible as we go through Psalms. So you kind of get the idea of what's going to be talked about 
or preached about in the weeks to come. This psalm, you know, it uses several different words for to describe God's word. You'll see it described as the law, which is the instruction or direction of the word of God. You'll see the word testimony, which that means to bear witness or to testify. You'll, you'll see it's called precepts or the precepts of God, which is God's mandates. You'll see the statutes being used for the word of God, which is prescribed written law. You'll see the word commandments come up, which are simply commandments, his commands. Judgments, those judicial decisions or the sentence given or the determination of God's word. So different words are used to describe God's word in this psalm. The word word, the word of God or words from speech or words from um, talking. The way, you'll see that which is the path or direction to be taken. The word truth, what is true, what is right. All these words are used to refer to God's word in Psalm 119. So there's a great love and respect for God's word in this psalm. And that's what I hope to create in us if that's not already in you. I hope God does that in us if that's not already in you. We ought to have the same love and respect as even this psalmist describes of the word of God. Because without God's word, we would not have the information we need even for salvation. You've got to love this word. How many love the word of God? I mean, we're going to test that by fire. Even today, you know, kind of look at what the psalmist is saying. and, And maybe that is applicable to my life or maybe it's not so we ought to to join the psalmist in praising God for his wonderful word and today we just said well God thank you for the word of God thank you for your word because just consider the request of the psalmist makes to God let's go back let's jump ahead here to verse 33 and what does it say teach me O Lord the way of your statutes I shall keep it to the end Give me understanding and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Now just think of that. Just think about what we just read here. He says, teach me, give me, make me. Did you catch that? Is that, is that us? Lord, do, do I want you to teach me? The word, Lord, do I want you to give me what's in the word? Lord, do I want you to make me, as it says here, to walk in the path? Now, there's a progression there from a learner to a receiver to one who serves. Notice that. Okay? Teach me. That's the learner. Give me understanding. That's the receiver. Make me to walk in this. To I become a servant or a server taking the word of God and now what he's given me and taught me, I give to other people. And again, is that me? This psalmist wants to know the way, God's way, God's path, so that he can walk in it, to keep it unto the end of his life, to observe it with his whole heart, to rejoice in it each day of his life. What a, what a tremendous attitude this, the psalmist has towards the word of God. Now, the psalmist, when I say that, some think it's David. Others think it's Ezra that wrote this. But we don't know for sure who the author is. 
Okay, but this author has this tremendous attitude towards the Word of God. So do, do we desire God's Word like this? You know, what's our involvement with the Word of God? Do I, do I study it? Do I observe it? Do I just leave it on the coffee table? Do I bump into, into it occasionally? Is, is, it, is it not an addendum to my walk? Is it, is it part of my whole being? My, do I live it, walk it, breathe it? Can I stand to be away from it? Can I, do I love it? Is it just a, something that I, that I participate in because my family does it? Do I pick up the word of God because my parents make me do it? Or do I do it for my children? Or perhaps because of peer pressure? Or because it's part of the social life that I'm in? So it's easy to carry around a Bible that I never learn from or study. I just, just have it with me because that's what is required when you go to a church or through the doors of the church. I just want to say the psalmist here desired uh, it so that his life would be ordered correctly by it. And he desired God's word for the kind of life that would come out of this, uh, the kind of life that following it would produce. And I want to tell you, isn't our life different in, uh, the more we're exposed to the word of God? The more I read it, the more I change. The more I read it, the more I love it. it it's, it's infectious to me. It's, it's, I cannot stand to be away from it. It's, it's not an idol, anything like that. It just, it's like, it's part of me. It's such a part of me that uh, it has to be around me or in me all the time. So that, that is why we ought to desire to live by God's word because what it does to us, what it's done in us. Look at verse 105 here. Psalm 119, verse 105. Look what he says. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know, we can't even walk in this world without this word. What kind of foolishness do we think we can gain or do if we think we can go one day, one minute, one step without the word of God? That, that's, that's, that's crazy. Proverbs 6, 23. Here's Solomon. Man, I'm shaking. Uh, it's because I've been waiting to be in this psalm for a while. And I'm afraid I'm going to mess it up. For the commandment is a lamp. The law, a light. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. But look at that. The commandment is a lamp. How do, you, how do you get through a dark world without the word of God? That's nuts. So let's go back to the text here. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Let me read down to verse 3 here. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the, the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. So the psalmist starts here with the idea that being undefiled in the way is a blessing and it will bring happiness to those who do it. Blessed or happy are the undefiled in the way. Now just think about that for a minute. Because many people past and present think the life that is undefiled is a way that is boring. A walk with God is boring. A walk with God is restrictive. It's a walk of God is crazy to an unsaved world but boy to the one who walks in this undefiled way he's happy she's happy and the idea is that if there isn't any defilement or sin then it can't be fun right you hear people say that 
Uh, you know, I don't, you know, maybe I'll walk with the Lord when I get older. Right now, I want to enjoy life. No, right now, I want to sin. That's what they're saying. Uh, but, boy, just think about that for me. Yet, yet the one who walks in God's word knows the true blessedness of living and enjoying an undefiled life. Look at what Titus has to say back here. Titus chapter 2, verse 2 Timothy Titus, verses 11 and 12. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, true blessedness of living and enjoying an undefiled life is even seen in that verse. These are the perfect, if we go back to our text, the, what's it say, the, the, who are these undefiled? The word is blameless. So these are the perfect, the sinless, the blameless. The way intended is, no doubt, the way of righteousness. To go back to Psalm 1, verse 6, as Dan read earlier. Verse 6 says, For the Lord knows the ways of the righteous, but the ways of the ungodly shall perish. In Psalm 23, verse 3. Isn't the sound of Bible pages awesome? I love it. 23, 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So when the psalmist says here, blessed are the undefiled in the way, these are the ones that are walking with God, that way of righteousness. And then it goes on and says, blessed, and I could add the word blessed there, but it's already implied, who walk in the law of the Lord. You know, again, happy is he or, or she who, who walk in the law of the Lord. Now that indicates an ongoing action. If we're walking, we're moving. It doesn't say here, blessed are those who stand in the law of the Lord or sit in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who walk in the law of the Lord. Now, a walk is something that occurs one step after another. It doesn't cease. It's another way to say this is he who, if we keep going here, blessed are those who keep his testimonies. That's kind of makes that thought about walking in the law of the Lord bigger. The word keep indicates that we hold something tightly. We don't let it go. We, 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 it signifies an ongoing action or attitude of a person who is blessed. I, I don't let go of God. I walk with him. I keep every testimony that's declared in his word. All of the word, I hold on to it. And I walk with him. How many of you are doing that? It's, it's not just about Sunday. It's about getting into the word of God. It changes my life. I, I grab onto what it says and I hold on to it with all my life and I look at the promises of God and I, I, I love his word and I take one step at a time through this world and I'm holding on to the word of God doing it. Is that me? Is that you? Do we love his word like that? Or is it just all a show? Blessed are those who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies. And I could say, are you walking in God's commands? If so, then you are blessed. And you certainly should be happy. Huh? 
I mean, you, look at, we're his remnant. You're part of his remnant. And if there should excite us anything about him, is, is if I could give him praise for anything, it's what Jeremiah 9 says, that I, I know him and that he's allowed me to understand him. You know what kind of treasure's on your lap right now? The very word of God. That's the most important document ever given to man. Right here. And it is so sad that professing Christians, most professing Christians don't know what it says. Because they don't study. Their prayer life stinks. They don't even know the God that they claim to know. You'll hear him say, well, my Jesus or my God, my this. They, he wouldn't do those things. He did those things. It's very sad. And you want to be blessed. You want to be happy. You want to be this man that, or woman that walks undefiled in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord, and who are blessed because you keep his testimonies. Is that you? Is that me? Oh, I pray so. Go to John 8. Verse 52, and John, the apostle, then the Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead. Well, let me read down into this so we get a little bit of understanding. Then the Jews answered and said to him, that's verse 48, do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. And I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Then the Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead and the prophets. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Look, so... The, look at the, 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 just the word of God there when we talk about having a walk uh, and following after the, the law of God and keeping his testimonies. What's the promise of knowing him? What's the promise here? So anyone who keeps my word, what? Will never see death. That, that, that's an amazing verse. Look at Luke 11. Go back here to Luke 11. And verse 28. I'll start in 27. And it happened, as he spoke these things, that a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast which nursed you. But he said, More than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Oh, there's that word blessed again. You know, you're blessed if you hear the word of God, but you're blessed if you keep it. Well, even, you can, you, are you happy? <laughs> Oh, you should be. Blessed are those who seek him with the whole heart. That's what the psalmist goes on to say in, in, ver, in chapter uh, 1 here, or chapter 119, verse 2. Blessed are those who seek him with a whole heart. That's the thing. God always demands everything that we have be given to him. He wants all of it. He doesn't want part of you. He wants all of you with a whole heart. Let's read some verses on this. Matthew chapter 23. Now, you know that verse. Uh, you, I hear people quote it all the time anyway. So Matthew 23, verse 37. 
And ask yourself as we look at these verses, and seriously, Lord, is this my heart? Matthew 23, verse 37. Yeah, 22, 37, I'm sorry. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first uh, first and great commandment. Okay, let's just go with through this. You shall love the Lord. and We're loving him, right? With all your heart? Now think about that. Because it might be that we fall short here. With all your heart, with all your soul, that's a, from all, from the, your, 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 your spirit, your, your, the bowels from every, from your most inward parts, you love him with all your mind? Is it that Jesus occupies your heart, has your whole heart? Does he have your whole soul? Does he have, which would be your emotions, that kind of thing? Does he have your whole mind right now? Are you daydreaming about something else? Does he consume all of your being is the point. Matthew 6, go to Matthew 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things should be added to you. What should we be seeking? The kingdom of God and all his, and his righteousness, okay? What you're talking about here is seeking him completely, all of him. Everything about him, seeking him and his righteousness. All these things shall be added to you. We're more consumed with thinking about all the things that are added to you. We're more worried and we get anxiety about what's tomorrow going to bring and what will I have or not have tomorrow. And so I spend all my time, we spend all our time occupied about what's going to take place tomorrow when we shouldn't even worry about that. We should be more infatuated with our God and in love with him. Hebrews 11.6, we read this all the time when we talk about faith. But without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who just seek him, diligently seek him, okay? Again, God doesn't want part of you. He wants all of you. What's the difference between seeking God or diligently seeking God? One has a little bit of effort. The last one takes a lot of effort. If I'm going to diligently seek God, what's it mean? There's, a, there's almost a fire behind it. I want him diligently look, chasing after him. Psalm 14, go back here to Psalm 14, verse 2. Psalm 14, 2. The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand or what? See, God, yeah, we got a, our Father in heaven's looking down. Is there anybody that really wants me? Is there anybody that really seeks after me in a diligent way? Who, who chases after my word like that? Who really wants to know me? I, I would venture to say Christendom is filled with a lot of people that say they know God, but they don't really want to know him. They don't really want to know him. Because it takes a lot of time. It takes effort on our part. Here, let's go back to Psalm 105. When we get there, let's go through the first four verses there. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing to him. Sing psalms to him. 
Talk of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who rejoice, who seek the Lord, seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face evermore. Do you think God wants to be sought after? Yeah. Just think about what that means for a minute. To seek his face. You know what that is? I want private time with you, God. I want to know you. I want an intimate time with you. I want to, I, not that I want to see your face. I want to be so close to you. Oh, man, that's what God wants. And he, he does, he, you know, what does it mean to seek him? It's a deep longing to be closer to God. How many of you want to be closer to him today? Every day, I want to be closer. Every day, I want to know you more. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians 3, we have got to be this way about the word of God. And if you're not that passionate about it, you're not going to want to pass it down to the next generation. But there has to be some passion behind what we're going to pass down to them. Because this generation can tell if we're really serious about the word of God or not. And there's a time right now in history where the church should be what we're talking about here. In love with the Lord, in love with his word. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended it, but one thing I do, forget those things which are behind. I reach, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now just, what does it mean to seek God? Here Paul is telling us this. What's he doing? I, you know, I forget yesterday. Forget those things which are behind, and I reach forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize, for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Today, I'm moving forward. I, I want that prize. I want to know him. Proverbs 8.17, another proverb. And again, this would say, I love those who love me. <laughs> Do you love him today? I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Those who seek me diligently will find me. Even the psalmist would say in Psalm 63, verse 1, he would say, Oh God, you are my God. And this is David here. You are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Look at what the psalmist is doing here. When does he seek God? Early. My soul thirsts for you. Now imagine a believer getting right up out of bed in the morning. My soul thirsts for you today. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land, by the way, which we are. We are in a dry and thirsty time. We are in a famine of the word of God. And God is after those who will seek him with this kind of heart. Where I have looked for you in the sanctuary. How many of you are looking for God? Now, I understand we're saved. I get that. But I want to know him more than I did the day I got born again. I want to see his power. I want to see his glory. And folks, it starts in the word of God. 
And I, I don't know how to, how to say that any better than that. There are promises given to those who seek the Lord with all their heart, with all their mind, with all their soul. And I'm not satisfied if I can't find them. I want them. <laughs> oh boy, do I want them. So let's go back again to Psalm 105 really quick. Psalm 105, specifically verse 3 there. And then Psalm 105 verse 3. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Those who seek the Lord are given to rejoicing. Uh, let, let me read it again. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Why? Because you're going to find him. Do you get it? I put all these verses together. You're going to find him. If you diligently seek him, you're going to find him, and woe when you do. Oh, man, I get oh, just when you find the face of God. Because you've sought him diligently, I'm going to tell you, there's nothing left for you to do but rejoice. You will not be sad. You will be happy. You will be blessed. Because that place is not given to every person that's ever walked on this planet like it's been given to you who are sitting here. Because you're saved. Hello, it's open for everybody. But not everybody's going to get that. You, are you a believer in Jesus Christ? Is he your savior? Man, fall in love with him. I mean fall in love with him, with his word. Because there's promises given to those who seek the Lord that most people will not find. Jeremiah 29, verses 12 through 13 says, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with what? All your heart. See, God knows if you really want him or not. God knows if you really seek a relationship or fellowship with him or not. Matthew 7, verses 7 through 8 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek. There's that word again. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. That's amazing. Psalm 119. I got a lot of scripture today. This has been building up for a long, long time. So you get the whole bill of A today. Psalm 119 in verse 34 Give me understanding and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my what? Whole heart. Oh, people, we need some work. I need some work. I want understanding. I, I want to keep your law. I want to observe it. But can I say with my whole heart have I done that? No, Lord Jesus, help me to have my whole heart behind this. Verse 58 of that same psalm, Psalm 119. I entreated your favor with my whole heart. Be merciful to me according to your word. You're going to see this psalmist talk about with his whole heart over and over again. Verse 69. What's he say in verse 69? He says, the proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep your precepts with what? My whole heart. 145. 
all through this psalm, I'm just picking out some. I cry out with a whole heart, with my whole heart. Hear me, O Lord. I will keep your statutes. Here is the awaited question. Are we seeking God with a whole heart or not? Because this is here for our example. It's not just here because, oh, that's those, you know, those poor people of Old Testament times. They had a problem seeking God with their whole heart. God, thank you that I'm not like them. No, it's here for our learning, our instruction, because that's what we need. We need a whole heart engaged in our worship. It's like even when you pick up that hymnal and you sing. Some of us just singing words. We're looking around, you know, see if somebody else is singing like they're supposed to be. You know how church is, right? And we're not engaged in our whole heart behind even the worship we're singing. Because if I ask this question, if I put it out on social media, which I don't do hardly at all, I, but if I asked you this this afternoon, I said, what were the hymns you sang today? And what was the doctrine in them? Could you answer that question? I said, what was the message preached today? And can you tell me the doctrine behind it? Most people don't even got a clue. But that shouldn't be you. Because we're singing uh, to the Lord. We're rejoicing. We have a heart of rejoicing. Because we here at Ratham Bible are certainly diligently seeking him with all our heart, aren't we? Or maybe not. Because if we are, then notice the promises that go with such a life in Psalm 119, verse 3. They also do no iniquity. Uh Uh-oh. Why am I sinning then? Why did I sin this week if the Bible says, blessed are the undefiled or the blameless in the way who walk in the way of righteousness, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with a whole heart. They do no iniquity. Wait, I sinned this week. You know why? Because that's not you. Well, wait a minute. I'm saved. Yeah, we're saved. But look, what happens, let's just say this. What happens if you engage with God in his word and that takes most of your time? You're meditating on day and night. You're doing what David would say. I, I think about your word constantly. I'm, you know, I, I, it's like a, a, a cow with, you know, that they keep chewing on the word of God. If that's what I'm engaged in that. Now, I can do that and still be busy about the day in my job or employment, right? Well, I can be engaged with God like that. Pray without ceasing. Rejoicing always. Guess what happens? I don't have time to sin. Hello? Nor would I have the desire to do so. Listen, they also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. And the question we have to ask ourselves, you know, is say, is that my life? Is that what I do? Is that me? Remember, God is a rewarder of those who what? Remember 11.6, Hebrews 11? Those who diligently seek him. Now, why is diligence so important? Because the worst insult that can be offered to God is indifference. The worst insult that can be offered to God is indifference. Apathy, complacency. Nothing's worse than a lukewarm believer when it comes to God. Nothing. 
I'd rather be cold or hot, but not lukewarm. So how can we avoid that, that kind of disrespect uh, to God? By seeking him diligently. That's the conduct of the, those who are blessed. That's the conduct of those who are happy. That's the conduct of those who would rejoice in their God. And no, notice verse 4 here. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Now, God's commands are just that. They're commands, and the Creator has the absolute right to expect us to obey those commandments. You know, we go to John uh, 14, 15, and we read there, it says, If you love me, keep my commandments. Okay, so if I say, I love my Lord, then it's going to show up in what? Keeping his word, keeping his commandments, doing what the word says to do. You know, if I go to 1 John and read, same, same man, he wrote 1 John also. I go to 1 John chapter 5, and first part of that chapter, by this we know, verse 2, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are what? Not burdensome. It's, 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 it's not a big deal. It's not like we have to sit there and go, oh, golly, why does he give me so much to do? You know what? I, I, it's, it's not like that. You know, it's not like a child that's got to do their chores. You know, go do what I told you. Take out the garbage. Oh, golly. The world's coming to an end. I got to take out the garbage. Or, but sometimes we treat God like that. Do what I said. I will. I will. Take out the garbage, you know. I will. And I don't know I was the same way, but a, a two-minute job is now a whole-day event. Right? Yeah. And that's how we do, that's what we do with God. Hey, obey me here. I will. I will. And so certainly our keeping his commands proves that we really love him. Keeping God's commands requires really some effort on our part. Again, here's the word diligence, which means to make a constant effort at an undertaking. That's what it means. It means to make that constant effort. And this is how we must approach the word of God. It ought to be our desire to do this. We ought to delight in knowing and doing God's word. Without that guidance and that counsel, we wouldn't even know the right way. It's a lamp to our feet. You know, and what, what a blessing and what a delight it is that God has told us how to live right. Now, again, go back into the Psalm 1 again, one more time here. Psalm 1 and verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Is that, is that where your delight is this morning? It's in the word or in the law of the Lord and his law, he meditates day and night. Remember, that's the blessed man. That's the same man we're talking about here in Psalm 119. He meditates on the word day and night. He's constantly thinking about God and his word and he doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. That's the same man that doesn't walk in the undefiled way. He's blessed. You know, even if I went to Psalm 19, verse 10, 
And that's, that, that psalm of David there says, More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. What's he talking about there? The judgments of God, the word of God. The word of God that <coughs> starts in verse 7 says is perfect. The word of God that is sure. The word of God that is right. The word of God that is pure. The word of God that, that brings fear of the Lord. The word of God that's clean. The judgments of God that are true. Those are to be more desired than gold and silver. You know, <coughs> fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. The word of God is the greatest treasure you and I can have. And what an ex, you know, what's expected of you and me? Second Timothy 2.15 would say what? Study to show yourself approved uh, uh, unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now I want you to see the psalmist's commitment here. Now he goes from talking about this to what he's going to do now. He says, oh, that my ways are directed to keep your statutes, that I would not be ashamed when I look into all your, your commandments. Look at this. I will praise you with uprightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgments. I will keep your statutes. Oh, do not forsake me utterly. So here he says, I will praise you with uprightness of heart and when I learn of your righteous judgments. By keeping the commandments of God, we can have an upright heart. Do you see that? And by learning God's word, we can commit to worshiping him appropriately. If I go back here and I look at the Gospel of John in chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, John says, the hour is coming and now is when the true worshiper will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and what? Truth. Where do you find truth? <laughs> there you go. God's judgments are righteous. That's what he says here in verse 7. I will praise you with uprightness of heart when I learn of your righteous judgments. That word righteous in the context means that they provide equity between men. And if you look at Deuteronomy, uh, here, here's one, uh, Psalm 11. I won't give you all the verses I have here, but Psalm 11, verse 7. Psalm 11, 7. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. His countenance beholds the upright. So God's righteous judgments provide so much for us. We ought, we ought to commit to praising him for that righteousness. That's what the psalmist is doing here. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous judgments. So his righteous judgments in the psalmist is going to produce praise. And if praise is in his heart, what's he going to talk about? The righteousness of God. The word of God. It's going to come out of him. And, you know, so I will keep thy statutes, he says. So not only do we enjoy the benefits of God's instruction, but by keeping his statutes we can live righteously as well. So we do this by obeying God. Last verse here. Well, not the last verse. First John. Now we're close, okay? But I gotta give you this. First John chapter three, verse seven. Little children, no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness 
is what? Just as he is righteous. Now, I'm righteous in Christ, but God expects righteous behavior. He expects me, because I've been made righteous, to have righteousness flow out of me. I have to have righteous behavior. We do this by obeying God. We can't be saved without obedience. You know, we'll be lost if we fail to obey God. He commands that we obey him. There is destruction for those who do not obey him. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know, that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So is obedience important? Yes. So the psalmist says, I will keep your statutes. I will obey your statutes. Blessed are the undefiled. The blameless. Let me say this. I thank God that I'm blameless in Christ Jesus. I'm so grateful for that. Blessed are those who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies. Blessed are those who seek him with a whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then I would not be ashamed. When I look into your commandments, I will praise you with uprightness of heart. Lord, when I look into your word, I will praise you with uprightness of heart. What does looking into the word of God generate in the believer? Praise. Praise, 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 praise. Praise without ceasing, rejoicing without ceasing. I will praise you with the uprightness of heart when I learn of your righteous judgments. What happens when we learn God's word? What will that produce in us? Praise, 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 praise. How much praise comes out of our lips daily because of the word of God? I will keep your statutes. Oh, do not forsake me utterly. And praise God, he has not. Father, thank you for this look, this, this start into Psalm 119. Father, I look forward to what's coming. Lord Jesus, from your word, give us such a love for you and your word, Lord. Cause that to be deeper in us than it's ever been before. Let us rejoice when we open the Bible, when we get to look into it, when we get to read it and be alone with you in it, when we're together with one another in the word, Father, whenever we open it, whenever we talk about it, whenever we hear it, Father, let us love it. And Lord, thank you that the only reason we can be undefiled and walk in your way is because of Christ. Thank you, Father, for that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.